Hi, and welcome to Ear Tours American History. This podcast is to tell stories of American history as told by Doug McCormick, a tour guide and history enthusiast and co-hosted by his daughter, Brianna McCormick, who doesn't remember dates and facts about anything despite being told several times. We hope you enjoy these stories. Let us know if you have any feedback. Thank you for listening. Okay, everyone, we're going to do it a little different today. Dad is going to tell us about colonial sayings and their influence on terms that we use today. Yeah, we'll keep this, uh, we'll just kind of go through it. It's interesting that uh, some of the sayings that we use today have their origin back in colonial days. Uh, first one, you say something's uh, worth an arm and a leg. Uh, if you were a portrait painter, you actually charged more when you had to add uh, and paint arms and legs on your painting. Versus just the face. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Just <laughs> um, dressed to the nines uh, means someone looks like they purchased the best uh, from pur purchasing the best suite using nine yards of cloth to make, make it. Uh, so they if, had to use nine yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blackballing somebody if they're blackballed uh, for new applications for membership on some uh, ruling committees. Uh, secret boasts were then cast by putting balls into a container. Red balls meant acceptance and black balls meant rejection. <laughs> so you didn't have to identifies specifically who was voting what and uh so they would literally drop black balls in a cup and then yeah, if you red balls you or could black not balls. get in yeah you're done according to this also it says you only needed one black ball in some cases for the app for uh, somebody to fail on their <laughs> vote so uh square meals um this actually comes from the royal navy because they would have square plates uh, they had square plates because it was more efficient uh, to and saved room when they would have plates. They would have square plates. So uh, it became a square meal. So uh, three, if you hear like three squares a day, that uh, goes all the way back to the, the square plates that were uh, used to serve the food. Um, at the drop of a hat, meaning instantly... That's uh, how they used to start races a long time ago, would drop a hat. Hmm. Instead of a flag. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, get it straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, that's an old farming expression. The, if you know about horses, you know that their teeth keep growing, and uh, you can tell the age of a horse by how long their teeth is, so... Um, if you were trying to identify a horse, uh, its health and uh, how old it was, you'd look in the horse's mouth to look at their teeth. Harry <laughs> Truman actually was uh, in a uh, presidential um, campaign one time. They, he, he had been a farmer, and so he could look at a horse and uh, look at the teeth and know exactly how old it was. So uh, Did he have to use that experience as... Well, it was it was it was just part of campaigning back in the when when Truman uh, 
was running for president. <laughs> he had a famous whistle stop tour, but it was kind of... Wait, what's a whistle stop tour? Uh, when they used trains before the aircraft. Oh. You know, you know all, everybody flies around on their aircraft now, but uh, in the 40s, it was a lot more common to go on a train, and they'd call them whistle stop tours. Huh. Truman was way behind, and everybody thought he was going to get just... He was not going to be president when he ran again in 1948, but uh, he had a famous whistle stop tour across the across the country. The train had pulled in, and and he'd make a speech from the end of the train platform, and then the train had head on to the next place, and uh, he ended up winning o over uh, Thomas Dewey. But he was he he had been a farmer and. Uh, you know, that was kind of like oh, a, a, a man of the people who would know enough about being on a farm that um, huh. you would, you knew that he'd been on a farm because he could tell the uh, um, age of a horse by looking in the horse's mouth. Huh. Well, um, interesting. If you're a big shot, you uh, that's a person that received a large uh, cannon salute. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see, sleep tight. Box springs, uh, back in the old days, they used ropes instead of the box springs, and the ropes were across, uh, across the frame of the bed. And uh, you would want the ropes to be, to be tight if they Unless were loose. <laughs> yeah, if they were loose, you'd sink down into the bed, and uh, so tightening the ropes would help, uh, you know, have you'd. You'd have a good night's sleep that way, and associated with that would be don't let the bed bugs bite because oh, I've heard this. This is gross. Yeah, the mattresses were stuffed with uh, either hay or uh, corn corn husks or something like that, and of course that all would attract literally bed bugs. So uh, well, all kinds of bugs though. Yeah, right? all all kind of bugs. So. Uh, but did they actually have bed bugs too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's gross. Um. Let's see, what else do so we have? So don't let the bed bugs bite. Yeah. Sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite. Yep, sleep tight, don't <laughs> let, that was almost, they would they would have those together, you know, sleep tight, don't let the bed, bed bugs bite. Um, uh, a board, like in room and board, um, that comes from the, they would call the tables a board in uh, a lot of homes or small establishments. So, uh room and board you would go into a place and have get a room but then you'd have a place to eat at, at a uh, table also or a board yeah or a board chairman of the board would be usually the head of the family sat at the that the head at of the, the board the mm -hmm. the table and then the children and uh, other family members would be on each side of mm -hmm. the board there was um, one other one that i thought was interesting about that one um, cause it goes into like board games, play across mm -hmm. the board. But Keeping was... everything above board. In other words, you're at a table and you keep your hands and cards on the table so they could be seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one. Turn the tables. I thought that one was interesting. So I think I was reading that they used to keep the bad side of the table flipped Read that one for me. Yeah, tables, uh, they it had one finished side, so the other less expensive uh, 
side was uh, to make was rougher. So when the family was alone, they ate on the rough side to keep the good side nice for company. When company came, the whole top lifted and was turn, turned over so towards the good side. They would flip the table to the nice side. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you're turning <laughs> the tables, you're uh, turning it around so you can uh, have your best side hmm. uh, available. Um, I already mentioned keeping everything above board, that keeping your hands and cards on the table so you could be a scene. So, hmm. um, a lot of board references. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few gun-related ones, uh, and these go back to the old muskets when you had a flint, and uh, um, there's there's the term a flash in the pan. That was a misfire when only the pow powder in the pan lighted, but it failed to ignite the power powder in the barrel. So you had a literally had a flint that hit in what was called a, a pan that sparked and then it went through a vent into the main part of the the uh, the barrel of the musket, ignited that uh, powder and then shot, so that shot the bullet out. Well, sometimes you'd, that flint would hit the, the uh, uh, powder in the pan, but it wouldn't get into the vent and, and fire, so it was a flash in the pan, so I've never heard that phrase though. What do they use it? Well, like maybe you're too misfire? young. Maybe you're too young, and I'm just too old because I remember that a flash in a pan means something that was good, and you thought it was going to be good for a long term, but it only lasted very short time. You expected you expected good or or spectacular results from something over a period of time, but it it lasted. So some ex-boyfriends of mine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good example. Um, if some, if you hear the term lock, stock, and barrel, that's was three parts of the uh, older guns. The lock was the firing mechanism, stock was the wood, and the barrel was the metal tube. So okay. if you purchased a, you know, a musket a weapon, yeah. you would purchase. If you're going to get all of it, you would purchase lock, stock, and barrel. Um, some ship-related ones for the uh, Navy types uh, in the audience. Um, groggy. Um, the drink that British sailors had in the Royal Navy was called grog. So if they drank too much of it, they would become groggy. <laughs> so that's what mostly... What kind of drink? Like, this is like a... Mostly rum. <laughs> mixture of rum and water, but uh, rum. Huh. Um, a crow's nest. Back in the old ships, when they would stand lookout, uh, there was a big tub up on the main mast. Mm -hmm. uh, and they called that the crow's nest because that's where literally um, birds, the crows, um, would be released from their cage to seek land. Um, and if you hear the term by the, uh, the way the crow flies, mm -hmm. for some reason, crows would, uh, had the ability when they would release them, they would know where the land was and they would, uh, start flying. And so they would tell them, go the way the crow flies. So they'd literally turn the ship around and follow the way the crows went. Huh. So um, if the crow didn't come back, there was land. That's, that was the thought at the time. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it said uh, when crows are released, the birds inv invariably headed towards land. 
Hmm. So, and so the ship's helm, helmsman was told, steer by the way the crow flies. Okay. So here's one that I thought was kind of interesting. When you hear the, the term going all the way to the bitter end, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that... Uh, the posts on a deck of a ship where uh, ro ropes were secured were called bits. So, Wait, uh, I'm having trouble visualizing this. Well, right back here. in the old, you know, even today, if you have a rope on a ship, mm -hmm. you know, that you're going to tie the ship up to the pier or, um, you know, um, do something where you're con having the ship tied to something. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you have the rope all coiled up uh, on the ship. Well, when you let that out and let that out, the last two things that hold that rope oh, on the, the ship. the metal piece? Yeah, the metal piece on the, uh, or the, even the wood in the old days. But mm -hmm. the, the pieces that actually hold, held the, the uh, rope onto the ship were called bits. Hmm. And there usually was two of them. Um, so if you let the rope all the way out, all the way to the end, then that they called it the bitter end. Hmm. So that's uh, when the rope's been extended to the where you could see the bits. So the bitter end, there was no more left of the rope. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and related to that, learning the ropes. If you're learning the ropes in a new job, um, a lot of the old sailing ships had lots and lots of ropes on all the various sails. So you had to learn the names of all the different ropes. So, uh, so on those old ships, learning the ropes. yeah. So you're if you're learning the ropes, you literally were learning the ropes. <laughs> um, uh, some, as far as uh, personal, um, how you would maintain yourself. The the back in the old days, the term "mind your own beeswax." Uh, when people got smallpox back in the day, which was a common disease that could cause your face to get disfigured, um, and it left literally pock marks on your, your face and body. Uh, so women would fill in those pock marks on their face with bees, literally beeswax. But when the weather got too warm, the, the wax might melt. So when you said, mind your own beeswax, you were literally telling somebody, hey, you might have a problem here. It looks like the wax is melting <laughs> on your face. <laughs> so uh, that's oh, interesting. Goodness. Or along that line, if it said, crack a smile, if you had too much wax on your face and <laughs> you happened to like smile, <laughs> you could crack your beeswax. <laughs> and uh, so especially when it was cold outside. So, Oh, gosh. Anyway. <laughs> A uh, couple of tavern-related ones, um, and we pretty much already talked about one of that, one of those, uh, turning the tables. Oh. If the tables only had one finished side, that was less expensive to make, so it was more rough. So, uh, But know, in the I... taverns, like, people drinking, which side did they use? <laughs> <laughs> they used the rough side when the rough crowd came in? Well, when they, the VIPs <laughs> would come in, they'd, oh. they'd turn it around and let them drink on the uh that's funny yeah mm -hmm. cash on the barrel head i've not uh, heard that saying oh you haven't heard that one no yeah. well that is kind of an older one it would say money would have to be placed on the heads of barrels which were used as tables when drinks were provided hmm. and came to mean immediate payment for service so uh 
anyway. So those are uh, just a few examples. Hmm. Um, thought we'd change pace a little bit. There yeah. are more of them. In fact, we might down the road uh, do another one of these and and bring up uh, bring up some more. Like one last example, if uh, you probably heard, living high on the hog, the best and most expensive cuts of ham come from the upper part of a pig's haunch. Hmm. So. Uh, if you're living high on the hog, you got the best cut of the ham. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Living big. Yeah. Back in colonial times. Well, so. this is fun. Okay. I like this one. We'll try one more one uh, more of these down the road. But, uh, okay. Short and sweet. We're, gonna, we're going to uh, continue our Virginia presidents here, hopefully in the next few days. Okay. And uh, get going on that. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Dad. Okay.